It is both the most widely used analgesic and the leading cause of acute liver failure in the world. It is an active ingredient in over 600 approved prescription and over-the-counter drug products. With this, patients may be unknowingly consuming a lot more than anticipated and present in a life-threatening state after an unintentional overdose. In other cases, toxicity can occur at therapeutic doses in patients with predisposing conditions such as regular alcohol use or in the setting of underlying liver disease. APAP, paracetamol, Tylenol, or acetaminophen, as more universally known as, is widely used and easily accessible, making overdose not uncommon and an important concept to be aware of. Today, our patient has acetaminophen toxicity, and you are the doctor. Welcome to The Intranet Work, a podcast written by medicine residents meant to serve you better on the wards and on call. Today's episode is titled... Toxin in your medicine cabinet, acetaminophen toxicity. Acetaminophen is rapidly absorbed from the GI tract with peak plasma levels occurring within four hours. Once absorbed, it is metabolized by the liver by glucuronidation, sulfation, and a small amount is excreted, unchanged, in the urine. Neither acetaminophen itself nor are these metabolites toxic. However, about 4% of the ingested dose is metabolized via the hepatic cytochrome P450 pathway, in particular CYP2E1, to a highly toxic metabolite called NAPKI, N-acetyl-P-benzoquinonamine. Normally, NAPKI is detoxified by conjugation with glutathione. However, in an overdose situation, the other degradation pathways get saturated, so more acetaminophen gets metabolized along CYP450 pathways, and more NAPKI is formed. Glutathione stores, in turn, get rapidly depleted. Free unconjugated NAPKI thereby binds to cellular components, inducing centrolobular damage and hepatic necrosis, which can progress to fulminant hepatic failure. If the patient presents with altered level of consciousness, a co-ingestion should also always be suspected. A thorough history noting amount consumed and time of acute ingestion is prudent. To cause toxicity, an acute oral overdose must be over or equal to 150 mg per kilogram, so about 7.5 grams in adults, within 24 hours. Overdoses of less than 150 mg per kilogram are unlikely to result in toxicity. When present, symptoms of acute acetaminophen poisoning are usually minor until over 48 hours after ingestion. Symptoms occur in four stages. Stage 1 occurs within the first 24 hours. In this time, the patient may have minimal or nonspecific symptoms of overdose, such as malaise, nausea, vomiting, or loss of appetite. Stage 2 occurs between 24 to 72 hours after ingestion. The patient may paradoxically feel their clinical symptoms have improved, but metabolically, derangements begin to take prominence, inducing elevation in transaminases and synthetic liver functions, such as INR or PT. Stage 3 is from 72 to 96 hours post-ingestion and is called the hepatic stage. It is characterized by the sequelae of hepatocellular necrosis, inducing hepatic encephalopathy, bleeding diatheses, hypoglycemia, and possible death. The patient presents confused or lethargic and may have vomiting, abdominal pain, jaundice, or visible bleeding. If the patient survives, 
Stage 4 begins at 4 days to 2 weeks, during which complete resolution of hepatic dysfunction occurs or the patient progresses to multi-organ failure. It is called the recovery phase. Liver function tests return to normal in 1 to 3 weeks and symptoms may resolve in 3 to 5 days. Also, don't forget, it is important to decipher if the excessive intake was intentional, as an appropriate psychiatric risk assessment should follow. Acetaminophen overdose should be considered in all patients with non-accidental and accidental ingestions. The diagnosis of acetaminophen toxicity is based on serum levels of the drug. The first acetaminophen level should be drawn at 4 hours post-ingestion, as levels done before this are uninterpretable because absorption and distribution of the drug may not be complete. If the patient presents greater than 24 hours post-ingestion, the level could be zero despite toxicity, so liver function tests should be drawn. Likelihood and severity of hepatotoxicity caused by an acute ingestion by the amount ingested, or more accurately, by the serum acetaminophen level. If the time of acute ingestion is known, the Rumac-Matthew nomogram is used to estimate the likelihood of hepatotoxicity. The nomogram is a semi-logarithmic plot of plasma acetaminophen levels versus time in hours post-ingestion. If serum levels fall above the toxic line, poisoning is confirmed and treatment should be initiated. If the time of acute ingestion is unknown, the nomogram cannot be used and additional testing is indicated. Liver tests are done and prothrombin time is measured. AST and ALT results correlate with the stage of poisoning. AST levels over 1,000 international units per liter are more likely to result from acetaminophen poisoning than, for instance, chronic hepatitis or alcoholic liver disease. If poisoning is severe, bilirubin and international normalized ratio may be elevated. Low-level transaminase elevations, example up to two or three times the upper limit of normal, can be seen in adults taking therapeutic doses of acetaminophen for days or weeks. These elevations are typically transient and clinically insignificant. In patients reporting chronic excessive use, the nomogram cannot be used, but likelihood of hepatotoxicity can be estimated based on AST, ALT, and serum acetaminophen levels. If AST and ALT are normal, and the acetaminophen level is less than 10, then hepatotoxicity is unlikely. But if the acetaminophen level is over 10, then it is possible. If AST and ALT levels are high, regardless of the acetaminophen level, hepatotoxicity should be assumed. With appropriate treatment, mortality following an acute ingestion is uncommon. Poor prognostic indicators at 24 to 48 hours post-ingestion include pH less than 7.3 after adequate resuscitation, INR over 3, serum creatinine over 300, hepatic encephalopathy grade 3, confusion and somnolence, or grade 4, stupor and coma, hypoglycemia, or thrombocytopenia. Remember, co-ingestions are common and can be important, thus a urine drug screen, ECG, and metabolic panel may be useful. As always, the first priority is assessment and stabilization of airway, breathing, and circulation, keeping in mind that a majority of adult overdoses are mixed overdoses. Abnormalities in vital signs or mental status usually indicate the presence of another toxin in addition to the acetaminophen ingestion. 
Because acetaminophen is so rapidly absorbed from the GI tract, all patients who present within four hours of acetaminophen overdose should receive activated charcoal to reduce acetaminophen absorption. When treating a mixed ingestion, this could also be appropriate for the co-ingestant. Activated charcoal should not be given if the patient is at risk of aspiration, meaning they are of decreased level of consciousness or vomiting repeatedly. N-acetylcysteine, or NAC, or mucomist, is a specific antidote for acetaminophen toxicity and should be promptly administered. This antidote acts to replete intrahepatic glutathione stores, thereby helps prevent hepatic toxicity from inactivating the toxic NAPE metabolite before it can injure liver cells. However, it does not reverse damage to liver cells that this has already occurred in. For acute poisoning, N-acetylcysteine is given if hepatotoxicity is likely based on the acetaminophen dose or serum level. The drug is most effective if given within 8 hours of acetaminophen ingestion. After 24 hours, the benefit of the antidote is questionable, but it should still be given. There is evidence that the late administration of NAC over 24 hours decreases mortality and morbidity in acetaminophen-induced fulminant hepatic failure and that NAC should be continued until recovery occurs. This is based on evidence suggesting that NAC may also have an antioxidant effect and an effect on the hepatic microcirculation to improve hepatocellular oxygenation. In a situation where the degree of toxicity is uncertain, N-acetylcysteine should be given until toxicity is ruled out. Avoid unnecessary delays in treatment. NAC causes little harm and should not be delayed whenever there is any clinical suspicion of overdose. NAC is available in an IV or oral form. They are equally effective. The oral form is not available in Canada and is unpalatable. It has an unpleasant odor and taste, resembling rotten eggs. It can cause significant nausea and vomiting, so it is often diluted to a carbonated beverage or fruit juice. Despite this, vomiting may be proacted and may limit oral use. IV therapy is given as a continuous infusion. A loading dose of 150mg per kilograms in 200ml of 5% D5W is given over 15 minutes and is followed by a maintenance dose of 50mg per kilogram in 500ml of 5% D5W given over 4 hours, then 100mg per kilograms in 1000ml of 5% D5W given over 16 hours. Cardiac monitoring for arrhythmias and hypotension is required while a patient is maintained on IV NAC. IV NAC can also cause a non-IgE-mediated hypersensitivity anaphylactoid reaction. They should receive IM epinephrine, diphenhydramine, corticosteroids, and albuterol as appropriate therapy for anaphylactoid, but the infusion should be resumed. NAC can be discontinued once AST and ALT have reduced by 50% of their peak and Tylenol is undetectable. Patients who continue to show signs of deterioration as per King's College criteria, such as renal failure, metabolic acidosis, encephalopathy, and coagulopathy, should have a referral to a transplant surgeon. You may be thinking if you're a chronic alcoholic, you may be inducing CYP450 and therefore levels are decreasing and the pain medication would not work. But that is not the answer you are actually inducing CYP450 and forming toxic metabolites of acetaminophen. And this is the problem. With chronic alcohol use, a combination of CYP2E1 induction and glutathione depletion results in an increased accumulation of NAPKI, leading to enhanced toxicity from doses usually within the therapeutic range. 
For this reason, we recommend limiting ingestion in alcoholics to less than 3 grams per day. Further to chronic alcohol effects, poor diet, starvation, and malnutrition further reduce glutathione stores, leading to a higher toxicity of a single dose of acetaminophen. Some medications such as anti-epileptics and anti-tuberculosis medications also increase the activity of CYP2E1. During acute heavy alcohol ingestion, alcohol competes with acetaminophen for interaction with CYP2E1, so lots of alcohol can alter metabolism, producing less NAPKE. So, binge drinking is actually protective in this case. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Please check out theinternetwork.com for an associated infographic. This episode was written by Elisa Lagrateria, internal medicine resident, and reviewed by Dr. Keith Soy, gastroenterology, and Amanda Wynn, internal medicine. The Internet Work series was created by Allison Lai and developed by Zara Morali and Leah Karanopoulos. This podcast was produced by Nathan Dupnik and recorded by Zara Morali. Music production by Laxman's of Anthemohan. If you liked this podcast, please like and subscribe at wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope to see you again soon.